0: Hello oh, and welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, Yes. how you doing? Uh,
1: how many, I'm actually sad. I'm in a kind of mourning mm-hmm. uh, right now, and not just because last night I watched season three, episode two of The Sopranos, Prashai Lavushka, in which Livia dies, which mm. is, having rewatched it last night, is strong
0: contender for maybe my favorite episode of the series, hmm. by the way um is it this is the one that includes their the funeral that she didn't want to have and stuff like that yeah boy rough stuff
1: yeah um but there's also like scary stuff in it i don't know if you Mm -hmm. remember there's like like the night she dies right right tony and carmella go to the house meadow's helping aj with his homework and then meadow you hear a car horn she's got to go so aj's alone in the house he's doing his homework And then we don't hear anything, but he seems to. Yeah. He puts down his pencil and walks to the door and looks out into the darkened hallway and goes, Grandma? Mm -hmm. It's so scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You also see very quickly uh, Big Pussy at the the Sopranos house, even though he died at the end of season two. Mm -hmm. And then there's the creepy guy. Do you know this thing? when everyone Janice makes everyone share their memories, it's awful and awkward and weirdly hilarious. Um, because the most heartfelt thing comes from the woman that Livia ran over with her car in season (laughs) one. But while Tony's standing there, you see some guy who's just at this gathering. Apparently we don't know who it is. Cause out of focus who's upstairs, like start to walk down the stairs, kind of see what's going on and turn around and walk back up the stairs. We we have no idea who he is. He's Mm. never spoken of again. Uh, so there's all this weird stuff yeah. in that episode. Anyway, that's not what I was getting to talking okay. about. But literally, like, I went to open my phone to like get to my notes, and I still had because I was reading, uh, going back and reading like stuff about Lavushka after. Right. So I saw like Livia's face as soon as I opened my phone, and I was like, "Well, I can't." <laughs> no, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, but no, what I'm what I am sad about when I am in mourning for is the Village Voice, which mm-hmm. uh, stopped being a print concern um like last fall, I think. Yeah. Uh and now is shutting down for good. Half of the staff was laid off, the other half is basically just there to clean up and archive mm. uh everything. And then presumably they will be let go as well. Um and I don't I, I, I don't know what to I don't know what to replace the village voice with. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah. though it's like, cause it's been owned by different people over the years and maybe it's not, maybe in my lifetime it never was what it was, right. you know, in the seventies or whatever. But it's where I learned of Jay Hoberman and the village voice once it was owned by new times and then yeah uh there's voice media group like village voice film critics are syndicated in papers all over the country uh including in st louis and um still to this day here in los angeles um but uh, there's it's not i don't want to get all maudlin and say where will this kind of criticism go sure because film criticism good film criticism is still out there and we'll find homes on the internet, but the more it gets dissipated into the, what the internet does is it makes everyone be able to find their own home, which is great in some ways, but also it dissipates things because you don't have the singular power of something like the village voice. Right. You know what I mean? That, that becomes a name on its own yeah, and becomes a mark of, of quality. Like, the more everyone is able to find their own thing, the less power any one of those things has, because it's only being found by people who were seeking it out, I guess. Whereas right. the Village Voice and Weekly, you know, we have—I I don't want to get too deeply into the LA Weekly, which still exists, but feels like it also died this year, right. essentially, because it was bought out and gutted. Uh, almost everyone was laid off. They laid off more people uh, in terms of percentage. I think they laid off more people while remaining a newspaper than the village voice did while stopping right. being a, a paper. Um, and then since then it's been a, decided. I don't know if you've picked up an LA weekly since then. It's it seems to get thinner every week because they're yeah. losing ad, uh, like, uh, advertisers. And also they're now like one of the guys in the company that bought it is suing the other guy in the company that bought it. That's that ran it. And wow. that is running it, um, for basically like, Uh, basically suing him to saying like this guy was never interested in running a weekly. He wanted to um, to gut it and use its Use what Richard had to uh, extend his own his own person to enrich enrich himself, and also because the guy's like big into medical marijuana and like is trying to. Uh, I guess a lot of the ads that are still there are like for a company that this guy owns or something. Yeah. I don't know. um So Daily Weekly's a fucking mess, and now that the Village Voice, you know, the Daily Weekly was in many ways the LA counterpoint to the Village Voice. Now they're both essentially gone, and again. There's good critics, there's good film critics out there, and I don't mean to make this just about film, but Mm -hmm. that's what we talk about here. Um, There's good critics still out there, but I, I just, I don't know what it means that the authority and the respectability of a name like the Village Voice isn't there anymore, you know? And when will that, you know, that's... And it, we're also we're already seeing, for numerous reasons, uh, not least of them, the president, his followers, mm-hmm. other esta- even bigger establishments in in journalism being distrusted. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and I, I I don't know. It makes me sad, and I don't know if that's just because I'm getting too old. at At thirty five, I'm getting too old to adapt. Do you know the? Uh, there's the, uh, the saying, um, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember, um, exactly how it goes, but like it's basically anything that was invented before you turn 15, you treat it as if it always existed. Right. Anything that's invented from when you're 15 to 35 is the greatest invention ever. Sure. Anything invented after you're 35 is an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I worry that at 30, I'm 35 years yeah. old. I mean, just barely hanging on to 35. I yeah. will be 36 in that's true, uh, yeah. a couple of weeks. um, am I like I am mourning for the village voice, but am I also panicking because I it's because the village voice and those writers, not just Jay Holman, but the people like our friend, Amy Nicholson mm-hmm. and people like Karina Longworth and, and Melissa Anderson, uh, and Ellen Sherstall who still runs, uh, the, um, voice media group, uh, film stuff. Like I, I've depended on them and on, the legacy of the village voice or whatever Mm -hmm. for so long that I don't know. I feel like a bit at sea about where to turn going forward
0: and voice media group still exists by the way. Well, I mean you can always turn to battleship pretension, but it's you. Um, (laughs) No, it's uh, be the change you want to see in the world. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Uh, We are what we've been waiting for David. Uh, Yeah, I, I do think now this is different because it's a deeper thing. You know, these are, these are people talking about, film which you have which you love and you want to be able to think deeper about and you want people you can turn to that you trust and that sort of thing um but it is something that i've noticed as i've gotten older even stuff like i mean you know who who cares about like a large corporate chain or whatever but like i'm sad that toys r us doesn't exist anymore because in like in my case i'm thinking in terms of like if as and when uh we have like a kid like I remember how what it used to mean to me uh-huh. to go to Toys R Us like holy shit a whole store. Yeah. And not and no KB toy which doesn't exist either now. Yeah, like,
1: but I think we just because of geography where I grew up we were a KB family cuz KB was closer.
0: Yeah, oh that's that was much more common. Like Toys R Us was like a rare yeah. like treat for me. And now that's not available. Video stores aren't available. And may, I'm, I might be thinking this because I... Re- I was at I, real quick, okay. before
1: you leave the Toys R Us thing, this is just a funny thing. I was at the LA County Fair yesterday, and there was a guy who had a t-shirt on that had Jeffrey the giraffe on it, and it mm-hmm. said, in Toys R Us font, it said, never forget, with, <laughs> with the F backwards, by the way.
0: <laughs> pretty good, pretty good That's shirt. That's fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I went to... Uh, the wedding of an old friend uh in ventura and so while i was there uh as i was driving back i passed by all these things that uh or buildings that used to mean a lot to me and then something you know a a business or whatever you want to say that was important to me as a kid has been replaced by something else and i think and in some cases buildings have been completely torn down and there's something very it, it reminds you of your age and the fact that life continues and doesn't it's not that it doesn't care what you think it's that it, there are more important things and other people think other things and so the idea that stuff that was so vital to us and and shaped us uh in some way shape or form is going away that someone somewhere thought that it wasn't viable and that it wasn't important and to us it's the most important thing and it's a very sad moment and it's part of you know it's part of adulthood when realizing that oh shit like this stuff might not have been quite so vital to to other people and which then but that's the thing is when talking about something talking about something like film criticism it was very important in those circles and it helped shape people like you and I and other critics uh you and me pardon me uh and not unlike my morning of Toys R Us for future generations, like uh, younger film fans, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of people they can read out there, mm-hmm. but there is something to be said for uh, some kind of authority. And the authority might have been whatever we gave it, and maybe younger viewers, uh, younger readers, whatever, um, will assign that authority to something else. Who knows? But it does feel like something being in print and and then that going away but it's like but we're still here don't worry and then that's gone too uh there is something particularly sad about it and while i recognize it will be it will be replaced and is being replaced with with other things it's just for us not quite the same and i think it's perfectly fine to to mourn it
1: yeah i think well said um you brought something else i wanted to bring up okay are you reminding me of something i want to bring up because a lot of these places like toys r us and like these these weekly newspapers and I don't want to get this into politics uh, or you know, all right, uh, economic ideology too much. Right. but a lot of these places are could be reasonably profitable. But I feel like they tend they, they're especially this is what happened with Toys R Us is they they're it becomes more profitable to just gut them and move on to the next thing <laughs> yeah. than to keep them moving. And that's why I want to say I and I look I love In and Out Burger. Okay. I truly love it. outbreaker, I think it's delicious. I wish and, I
0: liked it more, but I don't.
1: Um, and it doesn't surprise me is, has come out this week that they're a, a big donor to the California GOP. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: That doesn't surprise
1: me. It seems to have surprised a lot of people who yeah. weren't paying attention. Were they not looking I, at the bottom of the cups? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I understand that in the age of Donald Trump, that people, a lot of people on the left sort of round the GOP up to white supremacists. Like they're, they're, sure. the line between them is uh, increasingly blurry. So I understand some of the outrage, but I also just want to point out that as opposed to these kind of capitalists who bought up Toys R Us and, these, these, right. and, and gutted them, In-N-Out is capitalism done the way that I want to do it. In-N-Out is, like, the only fast food chain that... uh, One of the only fast food chains that gives its employees benefits and pays them a very decent way to start... I think, I believe the starting salary, starting hourly salary at In-N-Out is $13 an hour. Oh, that's great. And then you can move up to 15 managers, location... Like, individual restaurant managers at In-N-Out make six-figure incomes, and, like... I understand why. Wow. Yeah. Why we're so angry at the GOP. <laughs> David, we're in their own business. <laughs> yeah. But I just wanted to like give some love to in and out and say like, you know, I get it, but a, I'm not surprised. And B, let's not forget how much stuff they're doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, how much in and out is behaving like the kind of company I would, I would want McDonald's and Disney and Walmart, you know, to, yeah. to behave like mm-hmm. the, the Starbucks and the in and outs and the, from what I understand, home depots of the world, um, mm. Although I think uh, my theory is is that Home Depot is able to pay its employees a uh, livable wage because it doesn't have nearly enough employees because you can never <laughs> fucking find anyone while you're there. <laughs> I dread going to Home Depot.
0: Oh, I do too. Because yeah. if, if I do find one of the rare people yeah. uh, and I ask them, hey, where is this? Perhaps it's the way I am asking. Maybe it's my face. Uh-huh boy, they are not happy to be answering yeah. my question yeah. and they just want to get on to the next thing that they're doing. Luckily in North
1: Hollywood, I've got a very small local chain AnnaWalt lumber, which is mm-hmm. a hardware store is very close to me. There's no more, all the orchard supply hardware stores. That's a, that's a local chain mm-hmm. too. They're closing. When I read that, I was sad. And then I realized like, I don't think I've ever been inside yeah. one. I yeah. guess that was part of the problem. There.
0: there, there are uh, like, local businesses uh like little coffee shops and stuff that i would always see them i'd be like i and i would mean to go in because i feel like oh a little independent coffee shop that'll be fun and then it goes out of business like ah damn oh right yeah uh like i i i bemoan the state of like ah not enough people it's damn starbucks not enough people taking a risk on this little thing i realize like well i've been to starbucks way more than this thing Uh. and uh yeah it's just the way it goes you can't go everywhere all the time right Okay, so should we pay some bills? Well, I'll tell you where you can go, David. <laughs> you can go over to <laughs> movie.com which this episode is brought to you by... Uh, by which this episode is brought to you, pardon me. Uh, MUBI is a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, MUBI's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $8.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. And there is also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Retention. You can try MUBI free for a month. Just go to MUBI.com, that's M-U-B-I.com, slash Battleship, to redeem now
1: and i want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com you see tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great they sound great uh tyler and i use them each and every day they're available at a low low price um today i I got ahead of myself by saying they're available at a low low price that comes later first Mm -hmm. uh, i want to say what i was listening to so um we're recording on a Monday, which is very rare. Yes. But we're recording on Labor Day. Um, uh, pour one out for all the uh, <laughs> workers of the world, the workers of the country. Um, yeah. are you are including your, yourself in that, right? Like, you work. Uh, yeah, but I'm not, like, I'm white-collar. Fair, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we normally we record on Thursdays and now here's what here's what this has to do with what i'm listening because i always say what i'm listening to that mm-hmm. day um one of my favorite blogs shout out to MetalInjection.net, one of my favorite metal blogs has a monday a weekly monday feature called the monday grind which is a fun like return to work mm-hmm. obviously not in this case uh but it's just they highlight a grindcore band mm-hmm. and so today i was listening to a Glaswegian band called dark habits uh that's what i was listening to on the way over here they're great so mm-hmm. if you like grindcore i guess check out dark habits they're Scottish, uh, and it sounded great on my TweakedAudio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price. That's where I say that over at TweakedAudio.com. But if you use the offer code Pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to TweakedAudio.com and use the offer code Pretension.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Tyler, let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Okay. Okay, so um, last week um, we revisited our film festival preview format that you invented this year Mm -hmm. for Sundance. Um, and it was a huge hit. Uh, the listeners loved it. <laughs> it just went up this morning. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, but let's assume the listeners loved it. Uh, and now now our September schedule is kind of all... It's all over the place. All over the place. Um, so we are actually previewing, even though it doesn't start until September 20th, we are previewing today the LA Film Fest. Mm-hmm. Because next week will be a special fun episode, and then... Do we do TIFF after TIFF wrap-up after that? I don't remember. But hold on, let's look at this. Uh, so next week is a special fun time mm-hmm. episode. Uh, then we're doing the TIFF wrap-up. Um, then we don't have anything because the, the LA Film Fest will still be going on. Yeah. Then we do the LA Film Fest wrap-up in October. So we're previewing it early and wrapping it up late in a mm-hmm. way. Um, but uh, we're going to do the same thing now these movies uh la film fest tends to have smaller stuff a lot of um um a lot of uh debut films um and uh i so i don't know as much about these movies which i think could be kind of fun right sure but i know um one thing that i read uh yes so this year forty two percent of competition films are directed by women and thirty nine percent directed by people of color all right that's uh i've, I've that's what i i women
0: felt of color no way that's not <laughs> how we do things <laughs> <Yeah>. here <laughs>
1: i've I've felt in recent years i've seen the l a film fest uh, from what I could tell trying to embrace diversity like this I think this is the first year that they're actually mm. like saying it um which is which seems to be uh, all, all the rage right now, because mm. like, uh, Toronto um, announced the same thing in terms of the media, the people who they yeah. were accredited. They were they were setting uh, a, a bar for themselves to to diversify that, um, and yet somehow I still got in. I don't understand how that happens. Yeah, uh, like I got into the LA Online Film Critics Society, whose whole mission statement is about diversity.
0: Yeah,
1: and I got into. Tiff, the year that they had this diversity mission statement, do they not? Like, Maybe they don't have any Americans. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, i, I, I
0: seems, seems unlikely. I wonder but. if these
1: people just don't know that I'm a, a straight white guy.
0: You know. Well, David Backs, I've got my <laughs> suspicions about that. What? No, it's, I don't know. There's yeah. nothing. Uh, I don't know. But
1: uh, I'm really, glad, I'm really proud to be a part of the LA Online Film Critics Society, and I'm very glad to be able to cover Tiff. We'll mm. see how how that goes. By the time you're hearing this, I'm there. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. You're so there.
1: Yeah. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go just by category. So we're going to start with U.S. fiction. All right. Okay. So so what we're going to do is I'm going to give you two. You have to pick one. That's You know that, the listeners, in case they didn't listen last week. Indeed. Okay. Banana Split. Over the course of a summer, two teenage girls develop the perfect kindred spirit friendship with one big problem. One of them is dating the other's ex. Um... Dylan Sprouse is in this. Liana Liberato. Uh, I don't know other names I recognize. Okay. So that's one. The other one is called In Reality. A young woman takes a journey through her own fantastic mind, and she as she investigates her relationship to unrequited love. Uh, no, no stars whose
0: names I recognize. So banana, banana split or In Reality. Lots of lovey-dovey stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. But I would say a journey into one's own mind is yeah, more interesting. Definitely. Probably intriguing. Intriguing. right. Yeah. Okay, next up is Olympia, okay. a struggling Chicago
1: artist finds her artist finds herself at a crossroads in life, overwhelmed by changes and needing to make a critical decision in her relationship, again like another relationship uh, drama.
0: So what happens and, when you get women making movies, you know. What I mean?
1: uh, once again, no cast members whose names I recognize. The other one is Simple Wedding. Wow, we are really sticking with a the theme here: right. a romantic comedy about a young Iranian American woman okay, and the well, lengths she goes to in order to appease her parents and their need to see her settled down. Uh, Rita Wilson is in this. Okay. I like uh,
0: only name I know. I know. Um, so, well, I then. think probably the second. Uh, yep. What is it? Simple, Simple Wed- wedding. Yeah. I think that one just because I'm always interested in multicultural stuff and the idea of like how the older generation deals right. with things and and that that tension. I thang, I, I find interesting.
1: Yeah. All right, and now to close out U.S. fiction, we're going to do a three-way battle royale here. Okay, I figured. All right, softness of bodies. Uh, you're not reading these over my shoulder, are No, you?
0: I just happened to see okay. there are three paragraphs right. there.
1: Softness of bodies. An American poet living in Berlin, ooh, I'll be in Berlin soon, hopes to win a prestigious grant while dealing with her former relationships, a rival poet, and her own penchant for stealing things. Ooh. Easy. Yeah, watch out there.
0: I'm so angry about stealing things.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that, was, that was kind of a left turn there, that she's a yeah. kleptomaniac at the end. That, that yeah. intrigued me. Uh, now Next up is this teacher Um, in this. uh, Let's see see if there's any names I recognize. No, a young Arab French woman on an introspective journey visits her childhood friend in New York City before heading to the woods upstate. And then finally, the third one is called The Wrong Todd, uh, a sci fi comedy about a man who gets caught up in extraordinary, extraordinary events and the bizarre lengths he goes to get back to his reality. So softness of bodies, which is the. Kleptomaniac American and Berlin. Okay. This teacher, uh, Arab-French woman visits her childhood friend, or the wrong Todd
0: sci-fi comedy? Which one? I would vote sci-fi comedy okay. uh, most of the time. All right. And this is no exception.
1: Okay. I think, uh, I know normally I it's just what does Tyler say? but I think I would lean towards softness of bodies.
0: It sounds interesting. Because,
1: yeah. I don't know, yeah, just kleptomania as a <laughs> as a character trait is interesting to me.
0: I just hope that it's you know it's it's like uh, like shame not that this is going to be like that but like oh he's he's a sex addict but I didn't really I didn't really get the impression that he felt like genuinely compelled, more like this is his, the thing that he finds the most comfort in, but only temporarily. But that, I feel like that's not the same as like a full on dependence. And so like kleptomania, I feel like. I remember uh, there, there's that movie The Beaver which I thought was was actually pretty good that. but it's depiction of depression is just like ah, just kind of a sad sack and it's like well people who deal with depression know that that's not how it is yeah, all yeah. the time and I feel like Kleptomania I, I'm interested to see how they depict it because it, it could wind up just being like played just only for laughs and not yeah. as opposed to someone who just feels like I have to have that and I can't leave unless I have it. Like, yeah. I feel like that'd be interesting, but who knows? It, it could, you know, it still sounds like an interesting movie.
1: All of my favorite depictions of Clutch Mania are on TV, I'm realizing. Okay. Because there's Betsy Brand's character on Breaking Bad. That's yeah. the, the go-to for me. Yeah. That's which the
0: best. They d- Which they dropped pretty quick, actually. Um, Did they? After, like, from one season to the next, like, it, went, it was almost completely huh. unaddressed.
1: Okay. Um, then there's uh, Dawn Summers on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was uh, interesting, but also was Dropped because it was, I felt like it was dealt with in a little bit of a after school specialty type sure. of way. Uh, and then because I'm one of, a, of the only people, I'm one of two people that I know, the other one being my wife still watching modern family. Uh, although the numbers say that lots of people are watching yeah. it, but people, but there is a throwaway joke. There's like, cause now Ed O'Neill's character has a young son okay. on the show that has been born and is growing up as the show has gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a throwaway joke either this season or late last season. Like he's where, where he like says something about, about stealing something at the dinner table. And he's like, I take things now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like never addressed again, but it was a big (laughs) laugh for me. All right. So moving on to documentary. Okay. Okay. Behind the curve. The internet breathes new life into an old conspiracy theory that the earth is flat instead of spherical America's flat earth movement appears to be growing in spite of its detractors in the scientific community. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, next up is facing the dragon after international withdrawal from Afghanistan, two remarkable Afghan women working within the government and media struggle to maintain their hard won rights while balancing what's best for their families. So, (sighs) Uh...
0: I do I hear about the Flat Earth thing and and I do find myself wondering like is the movement growing or are people finding it more interesting and covering it more? It's hard to know. Um that
1: one I because like, the phrasing of this description doesn't say that this is that this isn't a pro Flat Earth okay. <laughs> documentary. <laughs> okay, it well, doesn't say that it
0: isn't. It does seem to me that uh, within the first few minutes you'll know. Yeah. Um yeah. but uh I would say probably facing the dragon. Okay. I think I would say behind yeah. the curve. <laughs> no, I'm
1: just too fascinated by it. I like the, fr- I like the
0: title. Yeah. I think it's a good title for it.
1: All right. Um, Oh, here's two interesting ones. Okay. okay. False confessions. Would you confess to a crime you did not commit? Yes. A defense attorney fights against the complex and manipulative tactics of U.S. police interrogations, focusing on victims of coerced confessions as she helps exonerate her incarcerated clients. That's false confessions. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. Second one, and this is uh, E.E. Cummings style, all lowercase. Hillbilly. Two filmmakers visit rural Kentucky, one returning home to Appalachia, to unpack the stereotype of hillbilly and explore the personal and painful experiences fueling our polarizing political climate. A lot of
0: peas in that
1: sense. They both see. sound good.
0: They both sound good. Uh, I feel like Hillbilly has a lot of potential. I think, it, uh, but I also think it has it has the potential to be compelling. But I feel like it's still going to be a little bit judgmental okay. of people that could be called hillbillies, even Whereas, though one of them is Appalachian born. One true. Of the, one of the directors, and I'm i guess to me does it say if there's narration if there's first person narration i feel like that's when you know but uh, i think false confessions because that kind of thing fascinates me yeah yeah and it's something that is is not really explore that idea of like well why would somebody confess to something Is like for any number of reasons and i like any film that explores that did
1: you see the the central park five documentary no um uh, I feel bad saying it this way, but Ken Burns' daughter directed it. Okay. I, I know she has a name, but I've forgotten yeah. what it is. It's something Burns. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's really good. Um, and uh, deals with, that's obviously a part of the story there. Uh, all right. Next up, next to combatants. Uh, Mamacita, a filmmaker, fulfills his promise to make a film about his 95-year-old grandmother, showcasing her big personality and along the way, uncovering the source of deep familial wounds. Hmm. Second a Maroney for president determined to shake up the status quo and bring positive change to his people. A young gay college professor begins a grassroots campaign to become the next president of the Navajo nation.
0: Wow. I think there were a lot of, changes in that paragraph yeah i, I think it's good what intrigues me about the first one is when it's like a guy fulfills his promise like implying he does not want to do <laughs> yeah. it yeah that i like that but i think the i think what is it Maroni for, for president i think that yeah.
1: that's the the winner there definitely for me too uh same god okay. it started out simply a demonstration of solidarity what followed life-changing events violating university and ethical codes and a public attack on a tenured professor's ideals faith racial and religious identity awkward syntax there Mm -hmm. but uh that's that's same god okay uh and then the silence of others in a country with streets that still bear his name a group of resolute spanish citizens seek justice for crimes committed during the brutal dictatorship of francisco franco by organizing a groundbreaking groundbreaking international lawsuit
0: hmm the first one is almost too vague Uh, i know i I mean it's, it's specific but like i don't know the school i don't know when i don't know who (laughs) i i just know what and i'm and i'm curious about it i'm sure that's that's by design yes um i'd say probably that they both sound pretty good i think probably uh same god sounds good me too
1: okay um and wrapping up documentary stammering ballad Okay. The visual and musical journey of a Chinese folk musician torn between his desire for fame and his love for singing rural folk songs that are on the verge of being lost, or wrestling is this, ghosts. Is this Shoji Tamuchi. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Uh, wrestling ghosts. Unable to understand why parenting seems like a constant uphill battle, an emotionally exhausted mother who can't connect with her two young sons courageously confronts the events of her own traumatic childhood.
0: You'd think that one would uh, jump out at me more, but it didn't. Yeah. So I'm going to go with... Uh, what is it? Stammering Ballad. Stammering bound Yeah, it's
1: got a good name. Yeah. I, like the, I like the idea of saving f- rural folk songs that are about to be lost. Yeah. Okay, now we're on to world fiction. Okay. should be some fun stuff, including... Um, not to put my thumb on the scale here which is something I said on the Tarnal episode too apparently it's a phrase I use a lot uh, the first one here was it won one of the 18 dozen prizes they gave out at Cannes sure I feel like every time someone's like oh that won at Cannes but it's like yeah what did it win like, Yeah, there's a million But so this first one won something at Cannes I don't know I don't pay attention it's like, to like it this film won
0: attendance
1: that's <laughs> weird <laughs> Most improved. What does that even mean? Citizenship. Uh, (laughs) uh, All right. Um, So, yeah, the one that won is called Border. Uh, It's from Sweden. Despite having the remarkable gift of being able to smell emotions, a border agent leads a mundane existence until she meets a stranger who shares her unique abilities and upends her life. border all right next up is the cotton wool war from brazil and this is uh dora is a german raised teenager visiting her enigmatic brazilian grandmother for the first time while trying to return to germany at all costs she discovers the incredible history behind the women of her family border yeah that's not a snooze i'm sorry (laughs) i love brazilian movies i i watch as many as i can actually um but uh that sounds boring yeah (laughs) okay uh, whew, this one. Okay, is this one's called "The Day I Lost My Shadow," and it is from France, Lebanon, Qatar, Syrian Arab Republic.
0: Okay, uh, already I don't trust this thing.
1: In the midst of a gas crisis during the early days of the Syrian Arab Spring, a young mother takes the day off work and strays far from home with only one objective in mind: finding a working cylinder so that she may cook a meal for her son. Oh, I love that. I have to, I, again, I'm leaning on the thing here. <laughs> I love that that premise uh and then next up also from lebanon but this time just lebanon um heaven without people when a large family comes together for the first time in two years over easter lunch tensions bubble to the surface in surprising ways as they navigate an unforeseen conflict that threatens to derail their union
0: I think probably the first one just because based on the description, the second one sounds a little bit generic and yeah. not that interesting. Um, I mean, it sounds interesting, but just not that unique. Yeah. So, but the first one, it has that yeah.
1: like neorealism slash yeah. like Darden brothers type of, uh, saying some like potentially saying something massive with a very yeah. specific and intimate story. I love that premise. That's definitely on my list. All right. And then we're going to end the world fiction with another three-way brawl. Okay. Okay. Micro Habitat is from South Korea. An increase in the price of cigarettes destabilizes the economy of Miso, a young housekeeper who prefers to stop paying the rent rather than give up on the little pleasures of life. While she enjoys her smokes, Miso starts a couch surfing journey that reconnects her with family and friends. Okay. All right. That's awesome. All right. Uh, Socrates, also from Brazil this time around, um, and a 15 year old boy in Sao Paulo is forced to live on his own after his mother's death. The search for a job in dealing with his own sexual awakening, sexual awakening proves to be a lot to handle. Okay. okay. So, and the third one is called, uh, tower period, a bright day period. And it's a Poland and Czech Republic, uh, Co production, I guess. A protective mother has taken care of her young niece for years, raising her in the countryside as her own daughter. Her sister's sudden return triggers a sense that she may be back to reclaim her offspring or to implement even more ominous plans. So, you've got microhabitat habitat, the one in which a woman loses her apartment so she can keep smoking cigarettes. Look, that's my choice. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that's definitely
0: the one. <laughs> All right. Um, it could be that almost sounds a little bit too like cutesy or clever um but it still sounds fun
1: yeah okay so now we're into the section that i uh, i love la film fest and this section is the one that i am the most torn on every year
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's called la muse and it's specifically movies related to los angeles because they're shot there or they're written there you know right. whatever they're, they have some connection to los angeles uh, i love that as someone who loves los angeles los angeles i love that the la film fest has that i often feel like I haven't seen a lot of great movies in the LA Muse section at the same time, unfortunately. Um, so turns out LA is not much of a muse, I guess. uh, Yeah. Let's, um, let's dive into the LA muse section. Uh, the advocates. Okay. Um, and this, by the way, does not say whether or not they are, Cause I think some of these may, might be documentaries and it doesn't say, Oh, interesting. So I, okay. This one sounds like obviously sounds like a documentary, a sweeping look at the homeless crisis in Los Angeles and an intimate view of the tireless advocates who strive to create better lives for their clients. That definitely okay. sounds like a documentary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it sounds like my wife might know, know people who were, uh, oh, disqualified involved in that. Um, cause that's the world she used. She used to work with homeless, mm-hmm. uh, homeless youth. Mo- mostly, uh, Anyway, uh, and the next is El Chicano, uh, th- and this does not look like a documentary. A cop is drawn into his ex-con's brother's death. Sorry. A cop is drawn into his ex-con brother's. No, nope, can't say it. A cop <laughs> is drawn into his ex-con brother's death. There we go. His brother is an ex-con. He died mm-hmm. while inv- investigating the crime-fighting exploits of a mysterious vigilante known as El Chicano. So the documentary about the homeless youth or this one about the, uh, the, the, cop investigating his ex con brother's death,
0: the documentary. Well done. I had to say, again. uh, <laughs> the documentary sounds good, but I really like the concept of this guy, this cop's got his, his old, he's a cop right in the, in the El Chicano. Yeah. 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 He's got his own investigation going, you know, he's he's involved in like family stuff, but there is a superhero going on, you know, doing things Uh that will probably have an impact on this. But he's got his own thing going. I like the idea of like superhero stuff seen from the perspective of people in the city and more specifically. More specifically, people that are just like, well, I am also trying to fight crime, and I don't have the freedom to go and just break people's necks or whatever. I actually have to, like, arrest them. So I'm going to go with El Chicano. I think it's interesting.
1: I think I've told you before that, because I don't think you have, have you read the comic series Astro City? No. No. Cause this, that's what it's, a, it's an anthology series set in a world where there are superheroes, but any one issue where sometimes they'll have multi-part stories mm-hmm. might be about one of the superheroes or it might just be about say uh, a guy who runs a support group for people who lost loved ones to supervillains. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a really good, really good comic. Um, all right. Uh, okay. I think this is two documentaries in a row. Uh, fire on the hill, okay. three black cowboys in South central, Share their stories following a mysterious fire that burned down the community's stables, leaving the fate of the culture in question. Wow. That uh, could go either way. I can see that
0: being a narrative. And this
1: one is, um, but it doesn't have, I oh, think. It doesn't, it doesn't say any. It doesn't actors. say cast. Got, it. Got uh, it. So I think, uh, yeah. Uh, and then. I don't know if just, this is funk or funky or funke, F U N K E. Okay. A prodigious chef mounts his culinary comeback, eyeing the most competitive street in America as a stage for his ode to the dying art of handmade pasta.
0: Um I think the first one sounds yeah. more interesting. Fire on the Hill, definitely. Yeah.
1: Um All right, here's another another documentary called Making Montgomery Clift classic film star Montgomery Cliff's legacy has been a story of tragedy and self-destruction but a more complicated picture emerges when his nephew dives into the family archives alright next up you got a non-documentary called St. Judy and this stars uh, uh, Michelle Monaghan and Lim Lubani and Common and Alfred Molina and Alfred Woodard and Michael T. Williamson. Wow. Damn! All right, the true story of L.A. immigration attorney Judy Wood, who single handedly changed the United States law of asylum, saving count- countless lives in the process. Gosh! So both true stories, one a documentary, one uh, fictionalized.
0: I mean, I uh, as as we've talked about the idea of the the show business documentary that kind of t- canonizes uh, yeah. its subject especially one like with quincy made, made by a by relative a, yeah. yeah um but in this case the the family member is long dead mm-hmm. and he's digging into his his legacy i feel like that one intrigues me more despite yeah. the cast of the other one which is pretty great
1: yeah saint judy sounds like it could be very uh hoary h-o-a-r-y <laughs> yeah hoary yeah okay um all right next two, next to competitors solace let's see if there's any uh, okay a teenage orphan moves to la to live with her estranged grandmother and works to win a performance art grant while secretly struggling with binge eating okay um and then next up is staycation a modern millennial codependent couple in DTLA, it doesn't say downtown Los Angeles, it knows that we're hip and we know the lingo. Of course. In DTLA, have their relationship thrown for a loop when he discovers a photo from an ex on her phone. Oof.
0: So it could be rough. I. Neither of these sound that interesting to me, honestly. Um, probably solace, honestly, okay. I think. I'd probably go with staycation, even though it okay. might be painful.
1: Um I don't mean painfully bad I'm saying it could be like really uncomfortable. Okay, next up, stuntman. Um I think this might be a, a documentary. A veteran stuntman Sets out to complete the jump that bested his idle, evil, can evil, clearing the Snake River Canyon in a rocket-powered craft. Yeah, okay. This. Uh, and then we the Coyotes, which is funny because we just had a movie called We the Animals yeah. come out. Um, but this one stars Morgan Saylor, Betsy Brandt. Weird. We just huh. talked about her. Odd. Uh, okay. A young couple moves to L.A. from the talking too much today. A young couple moves from L.A. to the Midwest to start a new life together, but things don't go exactly as planned. <laughs>
0: things don't go exactly as planned (laughs) um (laughs) record scratch (laughs) i feel good um i think probably um i think stunt man yeah
1: yeah all right now we're, we're gonna get some fun stuff here nightfall okay now explain what nightfall is um who i uh, recommended recommend it for the adventurous watcher. This terrifying selection of genre films seeks to explore a mixture of psychological thrillers, comedic horror and absurdist dark fantasy. All right. So this is mostly horror or it's like genre stuff and mostly horror. That sounds fun. Okay. Uh, the dead center, which stars Shane Carruth. Okay. It stars him. Yes. Not directed okay. by him. Directed by someone named Billy Sinese or Billy Sinise, not Gary Sinise spelled differently. Okay. Um, when a mysterious John Doe wakes up in a morgue and wanders into a psychiatric ward, a devoted doctor and curious medical examiner must slowly uncover dark and sinister secrets about the man that reveal a more horrifying truth than they could have ever imagined. Okay. Okay. And then next up, this is... Okay, not to, again, influence... Yeah. This one is maybe my most anticipated film of the festival. It's called Deep Murder. And the reason it's so anticipated to me is it's... Um, uh, directed by a guy named Nick Cory Rossi, who is one of the minds behind, uh, clip cup. Do you know the, I know you, I know you're asking for the audience. Okay. And I, you
0: know, I knew cup. I, I,
1: yeah, he's one of the, right. I don't think he's, I'm trying to think if he's even, yeah, he's one of the writers. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Clip cup. Okay. Um, so this one's called deep murder and, uh, it stars. Yeah. Just to add even more, um, reasons to see it, it starts. Katie Asselson, Christopher McDonald and Jerry O'Connell mm-hmm. among others set in an alternate reality in which everyone is a cliche from a tacky soft core porn film. <laughs> a, gr- a group of increasingly self-aware stock characters are up against a mysterious killer offing them one by one. Well, it's that one. Yeah, obviously. obviously. I mean, all love to shank Ruth. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure your movie's good, but deep murder is definitely, yeah, yeah very high on my list. Um, uh, so, um, ghost light, which, uh, uh, stars, uh, among others, Shannon Sossaman. Um, I miss when Shannon Sossaman was in movies. I don't know who that is. Uh, you know her from a night's tale and from the rules of attraction. Oh, okay. It's been a while since I've seen either of them. Okay. <laughs> um, but more recently she was on, um, what was the, I think it was called wayward pines, the TV show. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, Ghostlight starring Shannon Sossman and Carol Kane and Carrie Elwis. All right. The story of an unfortunate Shakespearean acting troupe that unleashes the infamous Curse of Macbeth with horrifying results. That sounds oh, awesome. Oh boy. Okay. Um, and then Head Count. Uh, I don't recognize any of these actors' names, but that's not uh, about... Um, you know, that's not a judgment in any way during a weekend getaway to Joshua tree, which by the way, I will have just come back from Joshua tree. Uh, when, by the time the film festival starts. So I'm glad I'm going to Joshua tree before I see this horror movie. Set Indeed, yes. Tree. during a weekend, getaway to Joshua tree, a group of teenagers find themselves under mental and physical assault from a supernatural entity that mimics their appearances as it completes an ancient ritual. So the, Shakespeare one with Shannon Sossman and Carol Kane and Carrie or the
0: Joshua tree, uh, the ha- haunted Joshua tree camping trip. They both sound pretty good, but uh, you and I being theater people, yeah. obviously it's that one. Okay. Ghost light. This one. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then this is going to ra- We're going to be, we're gonna be done. Are we, uh, well, it's gonna be a short one just like last week. That's All fine. Right. Um, the last two spell, uh, is one of them. Uh, I'm assuming it's about a haunted Spilling bee. Uh, following the unexpected death of his fiance an, an American illustrator travels to the Icelandic countryside to seek solace, not the movie solace from earlier. It's the, the concept of solace. Excuse me. Uh,
0: one for <laughs> solace like uh sir, we're not showing that.
1: Oh no. Um, what he
0: finds instead is a blurred line
1: between reality and fantasy as magical things begin to shake his very foundation unless it's all in his head.
0: Um, <laughs> I do like some of these readings you're, yeah. you're giving us here.
1: And then finally, thriller, um, not the Michael Jackson music video,
0: which is, you don't know, you haven't read uh, No, I, I've read enough oh, of okay. it to know
1: that it's not, um, which is returning to theaters. I don't know if you oh, okay. know that there's a new restoration to be showing in IMAX preceding screenings of the, what's it called? The house of the clock and its walls. Oh, okay. So if you want to see, I don't know, I do even like, we'll get back to this, but like I said, we have time. Um you and I have talked a lot about separating the art from the artist mm-hmm. and I feel like over time as more and more things have come out and we've realized that some of these artists have done damage to other people, it's become, I think, harder to do. Yeah. You know? Um there are still a lot of John Landis films that I love. In fact, American World from London is right. probably my top ten films of all time. I love Trading uh, uh, Trading Places. Um, I mean, Blues Brothers uh, is uh, up there, too. Sure, and um, and obviously Thriller, but there is a part of me that will never be able to love them like I used I, to. I don't know more any I, John Landis No, you know stuff. what? The, the, the Twilight Zone movie. Oh, that. Yeah, it yeah. He essentially, he made decisions that led to the death yeah. of... Three people or four,
0: um, I don't even remember.
1: I think it was three cast members, maybe also the pilot
0: that, that sounds right to me, but I'm not sure um yeah,
1: because it was Vic Morrow it was the two young mm-hmm. um, Vietnamese child yeah. actors and then I think the pilot died as well um, there, I mean there's a part of me that will never be able to
0: to to get past that. What makes this different is because then some of the other stuff that we're talking that, that we're talking about as far as separating this happened on set. Like Mm -hmm. you kind of, it makes you wonder if like, well, now am I just going to question every movie that he made? I mean, when you look at something like blues brothers, like I'll bet he wasn't being as safe as he could be uh, with all of these car crashes. So I do, I see what you mean. Um, yeah. And
1: it's not like other people have died on set. Someone just died making Deadpool two, you know, but sometimes stunts go wrong. I'm not saying it's okay. And I think, I've said that you and I should do an episode someday on movies in which stuntmen died. Yeah. But I don't like, I want to make sure that we do it respectfully. You know what I mean? Because it's something that I think about a lot in terms of like,
0: there's a, I think I mentioned at the time, there's a, a stuntman that goes to my church who was uh, friends with a yeah. person that died from Deadpool two. And so, um, uh, yeah, but he had some interesting things to say about it.
1: They're like, they're a movie, like the right stuff is a movie that I love, but knowing that one of the stunt pilots died while they were making it, um, it sours me, but, but a part of me is like, is it more respectful to just scrap everything? Or is it more respectful to like, to say, you know, they were a part of this, ooh,
0: let's honor their memory and I dedicate th- the movie to them. You know what I mean? I think if I'm, uh, I don't mean to be callous with stunt people, but th- their whole, they are willing to hurt themselves and potentially die in service of this film. Yeah. they know that and so if they if if that actually happens then that was you know you want to be as, as safe as possible and i don't mean to say like well hey that's what you get no i mean that they they knew the risks when they signed up and they thought that the risks were, were worth it what's different about twilight zone is that right. these were actors who thought that they were completely safe yeah and in good hands And that, uh, and they did not sign up for that part of it, and so I do think that it's uh, uh, very unfortunate. I mean, I can still enjoy Blues Brothers and all that kind of thing, but it definitely makes it a little bit harder um, when you know that when the director's recklessness or or safety concerns are called into question, like heavily.
1: Yeah, I heard a rumor that the whole reason he chose. To make trading places like that was the screenplay that came across his desk or whatever the whole it was like the one he made after the twilight zone and he made it because it shot in philadelphia and he felt that he needed to get out of hollywood yeah uh, for for a time but um i don't know if that's true or not that's just what i've heard um anyway we got way off to- off topic and uh, we still should do that episode someday um because i can name more movies we hate you know, like the yeah. first triple x movie vampire in brooklyn they're other movies were uh stuntmen and women mm-hmm. um yeah and vampire in brooklyn and i think deadpool 2 there were some women right uh yes uh yeah um all right so sorry you remember uh spell was the one about the guy who goes to iceland to see the movie solace right um and then okay next up is a movie called thriller which again starts michael t williamson he's all over the festival okay. uh, it stars the rizza Um, That's some of the two names I recognize. Years after a childhood prank goes horribly wrong, a clique of South Central LA teens find themselves terrorized during Homecoming Weekend by a killer hell-bent on revenge.
0: That sounds sounds very, I know what you did uh, last summer. Very much so. Um, I would say neither of them really sound that great to me, but I'd say probably probably Spell. Yeah, I think so. uh, uh, Yeah, I like the... Icelandic setting that's yeah.
1: fun. Um but the second one does have Michael T. Williamson and the Rizza. I like that. That's them. true. Um but yeah, that's uh that's the festival this year. Um now I will say, I don't want to, you know, I love LA Film Fest. I do want to complain a little about the schedule change, the okay. fact that it's in September instead of June. Right. I won't be able to make it to as many, like September's just a busy time. Yeah. Um, I won't be able to make it to as many movies as I would have if it were. Uh, you guys, I didn't, LA Film Fest, I didn't have anything going on in June. Yeah. I would have been able to be there the whole time. Um, uh, less so this time. So I'll see what I can see and we'll do. Hopefully we'll be able to get a friend to do the wrap up with us, who maybe someone who has seen more. Usually Kyle Anderson does that. Right um LA Film fest wrap up with us. Uh, that's the nerdist Kyle Anderson, not the Entertainment Weekly one. Um, so hopefully that'll happen so we'll have stuff to talk about. Uh, Did they
0: establish why they changed?
1: I don't know if they've said. Why. Okay. Do you um, have any theories? I you know, I wondered at first, and by the way, this is um what I just went read right off by the way was the competition lineup. There's also Galas that have so some of the bigger name like right. stuff you've heard of is playing like the happy Prince, which I've already talked about mm-hmm. uh, the oath, which is like Act uh, movie yeah. is playing, but these are out of competition. So I didn't, this is just the competition okay. the ones that we did anyway. Um, so when they first announced it, I was like, Oh, are they going to try and get more like award season premieres, which is something that Toronto obviously has a ton of, you know, um, uh, and I was like is, it, is that why they're moving to September to be part of the award season conversation but I feel like they're still and good for them they're still mostly programming these um, you know smaller like often debut fe- features and, uh, um, and more really independent stuff um, but maybe, maybe this is them trying to put a foothold in September to right. get more premieres down the line. Stuff that stuff that couldn't make the stuff. I, but that's the thing is you're getting essentially, if you're going to do a late September thing and try to get prestigious premieres, right. you're going to get the runoff from Telluride Venice and Toronto because yeah. those have already happened. Yeah. So it, it seems like a weird thing. People are going to be festivaled out um, in a lot true. of ways. Um, I really liked being in, Culver city for the June gloom the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, but maybe I'll have to figure out my schedule next year and try to go to more stuff. Yeah. All right. So, um, I think we, we did it yeah so you can find us at battleship com. that's where you can find eventually movie reviews of the stuff that i see at la film fest um you can email us at david at battleship com or tyler at battleship com. you can follow me david on twitter at davy pretension definitely follow me now because i'll be tweeting a bunch from toronto international film festival mm-hmm. uh or yeah by the time you're hearing this um I've already been there for a few days Uh, or follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler pretension. Um, anything going on on more than one lesson this week? Uh,
0: because we're recording this so early, I don't know yet. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.